Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to On the Ball with Rick Buecher. Here's your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. This is On the Ball on the United Wecast Network, and I am Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1, hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you can read me by ordering the memoir of Brian Grant and his battle with young onset Parkinson's called Rebound. If you know someone with Parkinson's or you know nothing about Parkinson's, you will want to read Brian's story. Order your copy on Amazon or visit your favorite brick-and-mortar bookstore to grab one. Are you a Kindle reader? Audiobook listener? We've got those versions as well. Support Brian's foundation, which supports those afflicted with Parkinson's, and pick up your copy today. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram, at Rick Buecher. I'm a lot of places. But there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else, primarily but not exclusively involving the NBA. And that is here. So, the Milwaukee Bucks finally decided to give us something close to their capabilities. And, lo and behold, they came away with their first NBA Finals win, 120-100, which was as dominant as it sounds. The fourth quarter was an afterthought. Phoenix never getting closer than 17. It was billed as the, as the Bucks making a statement after losing the first two games in Phoenix by double digits. I don't know about all that. All I saw was the Bucks team that I saw at the end of the Atlanta series, plus a Giannis Antetokounmpo who has finally grasped that if he plays from the mid-post down, protects the ball, and invites the chance to go to the free throw line rather than avoid it, and if he takes on the responsibility of leading the Bucks rather than looking to Chris Middleton to be the go-to guy, the Suns don't really have a defender who can stop him. He can go by DeAndre Ayton, and he can shoot over Jay Crowder. The Suns tried to crowd him in the paint, but as long as he's being decisive and three-quartering the ball and looking for jump hooks rather than trying to go into full spin moves for layups, he's almost always going to get a shot up on the rim. And the attention he draws is going to leave plenty of opportunities for offensive rebounds by the other Bucks, as we've seen. 18 in Game 2, 13 in Game 3. Good for a 31-17 to advantage in that category over those two games. For the uninitiated, that's a lot of extra defense having to be played by Phoenix. There's a couple other things I want to hit before I get into the meat of that game. I'm also going to hit the win by Nigeria over Team USA in the exhibition in Las Vegas. 
So, uh, sometimes I forget to turn off the sound and I catch some of the commentary. One of the things I heard was ESPN's Jeff Van Gundy defending Mike Budenholzer as the punching bag and the suggestion that he's been unfairly criticized for his lack of adjustments. Van Gundy, in his subtle way, has raised questions about some of Budenholzer's moves in his commentary in earlier games. So I don't need to hear him pretending he hasn't been part of that chorus or that the criticism has been unfounded. Saying Budenholzer isn't the only reason the Bucks found themselves down 2-0 in the series would be fair. But suggesting he hasn't anything to do with it is disingenuous and unnecessary. But thanks for reminding me to hit the mute button, Jeff. Game 3 illustrated exactly why I said earlier in the day that I expected Milwaukee to win and why I said repeatedly that the Bucks had not come close to playing their best basketball in the first two games. Because they were the architects of their own demise by playing way too deliberately on offense and not giving enough effort defensively. It doesn't take a genius to see those things. I figured the home crowd would take care of the latter, because it has throughout these playoffs for Milwaukee. And the former was simply a matter of going back to a basic staple every player who has received any decent coaching is taught early on. Have a three count in your head every time you touch the ball. Within three seconds, you're doing something with it. Shoot, dribble, or pass. That's essentially all that was different in Game 3. And the result, even though the Suns led 28-25 after the first quarter, is that Phoenix was more gassed by midway through the second quarter than they had at any time in the first two games. The Bucks are simply not good enough to play isolation basketball. By the way, has anyone heard from Kendrick Perkins? I believe he was the one barking loudest about Giannis undermining Milwaukee in Game 2 because Giannis dominated the ball and didn't allow Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton to get involved enough. Perk seems to be stuck on this idea that Giannis is not the best player on the Bucks team, and he's not coming off it, no matter what, apparently. Because Game 2 wasn't about the offensive distribution. It was about Middleton doing a mediocre job on Mikhail Bridges defensively, and P.J. Tucker not giving anywhere close to the defensive effort he gave in Game 3. And if Tucker isn't making hustle plays, there's no chance he's going to have a positive effect because he's not a threat offensively. Giannis's usage rate was 33% in Game 3. Drew's was 18%, and Middleton's 17%. And the Bucks won going away. Largely because their perimeter defense was so much better. The Suns going from 20 of 43s in Game 2 to 9 for 31 in Game 3. I don't know if Giannis can do this three more times and retrieve this series. I do know the Game 3 formula has a far better chance of making it happen than going back to Middleton being the primary shot taker. Time to sing a different tune and carry the hell on, Perk. It also helped that Budenholzer played Bobby Portis 18 minutes, or 13 more than he played in Game 2. It's no accident Bobby had a plus-minus of plus 19, third only to Drew and Giannis. Portis isn't perfect, 
but he's a threat to finish or grab a rebound that Tucker simply isn't. Holiday having a higher usage rate than Middleton was also an important ingredient. The one other thing I heard while I had the sound on was Mark Jackson suggesting that he'd like to see Middleton be the primary ball handler more. No. That would mean more isolation basketball, and that hasn't and won't serve the Bucks well in this series. Holiday is a far better playmaker for others and decision maker overall. The numbers back that up. Last comment about Game 3. As you're probably aware, Scott Foster was the lead ref, and Chris Paul is now 0-12 in playoff games when Foster officiates. I can't speak for the previous 11 games, but this one didn't have anything to do with Scott Foster's officiating. Paul doesn't go to the free throw line a lot, no matter who is officiating, and so his three attempts, making two of them, wasn't extraordinary. The Suns won the free throw battle in game one, and while I thought that was the difference in the game, I didn't think it was because the Bucks were shortchanged. Phoenix was simply more aggressive. The Bucks were a step slow defensively, and other than Giannis, they looked as if they were trying to avoid contact. Milwaukee had the free throw advantage in game two for the same reason they had it in game three. The Suns don't have an answer for Giannis when he's playing below the free throw line and attacking the offensive glass. The calls Foster made that I thought were suspect in game three actually went in favor of the Suns, such as the block call on P.J. Tucker on a drive by Cam Johnson. If there's a connection at this point, I suspect it's in Chris Paul's head, since he's mentioned it more than once. Go into a game expecting bad things to happen, and there's a better chance they will. As I said at the top, there was one other game of note over the weekend, an exhibition between Team USA and Nigeria, the latter winning 90-87. This should not come as a shock. This is the new reality for the U.S. in international competition. It was noted in reports on the game that just nine years ago, the U.S. beat Nigeria by 83 points in the London Olympics and five years ago by 43 in an exhibition. That Olympic team just happened to have Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, and Carmelo Anthony, who were returning from the Redeem team four years earlier. It was also the Olympics, their third game in group play, and they were under pressure to pick it up, and did. The exhibition game in 2016 was their last before heading to Rio. The roster was full of defensive stalwarts, Jimmy Butler, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Kyle Lowry among them. And they made that the team's identity. Opponents averaged 78 points against them. This team doesn't have an identity yet, but it's certainly not a defensive one. Here's the reality. The days of the U.S. simply showing up and mowing over the competition are over. Yes, they've won gold in the last three Olympics, but it's been far from easy. By exporting our coaching, by the increase of international players playing in the NBA, the playing field has leveled. This team had three days of practice. Nigeria has been practicing for two weeks. They have seven NBA players on their roster. They are coached by Warriors assistant and a former NBA head coach, Mike Brown. 
Had Team USA pulled out all the stops, I imagine they could have eked out a win. But that's not what exhibitions, especially first exhibitions, are meant for. Not in this day and age for Team USA. They need to figure out which combinations work best and who needs to be on the floor in key situations for the games that really matter if they hope to win a fourth gold. No matter what advantage the team has in great isolation players, and between Kevin Durant, Damian Lillard, Zach Levine, Bradley Beal, and Jason Tatum, they have a mother load, the international game doesn't lend itself to one-on-one basketball. The biggest factor is that there is no defensive three seconds, which means there will always be at least one defender, if not more, waiting for anyone who attacks off the dribble. That, combined with a closer three-point arc, means less space. Dribble handoffs, which I saw a lot of by Team USA, and pick and rolls to create one-on-one mismatches, an NBA staple, don't work the same way in international competition. Finding counters requires communication, chemistry, and multiple players comfortable cutting without the ball and catching and shooting. Nigeria has no NBA stars. They're all role players who made it into the league precisely for those skills. Yet, they had seven players who hit at least one three-pointer to Team USA's five, and they doubled them up in three-pointers made, 20 to 10, and they won by three. Team USA has to find a way to make those defensive rules work in their favor and adopt a different approach to scoring. Can they? They have enough high IQ players that I think they can, but they have to commit themselves to it. This is about selling shoes and working on their global brand exposure. That's not going to get it done. And who is going to be the one holding everyone accountable for playing that way? The obvious choice is KD. Lillard is more the natural and proven leader, but he's never done it from the defensive end, the way, say, Butler did in Rio, or Kobe did in London and in Beijing. KD demonstrated with Brooklyn this year that he can be the defensive player that he's been at various times, especially with Golden State. He can set the tempo at that end of the floor. Can he be the vocal leader? You'd normally look for Draymond Green to be that. Can Draymond Green be that with this array of superstars and at this point in Draymond's career? That remains to be seen. But the players aren't the only ones who have to recalibrate their thinking. NBA fans and the architects of the team have to as well. The names no longer carry the same intimidation factor they once did. Precious Achua, who was on the Nigerian team, played Bam Adebayo in practice every day. He's not looking for an autograph. He's looking for respect. And for one night in Vegas, he got exactly that. All right, that does it for this episode of On the Ball on the United WeCast Network. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. A whole slew of you have been doing that recently. Not just ratings, but comments as well. It is all very much appreciated. Thank you. We now have two whole days before we get to Game 4 of the finals, again in Milwaukee. And to this point, I feel as if I've been giving short shrift to the Phoenix Suns. 
and at least one of the next two podcasts will be a deeper dive specifically on Devin Booker, what he is and isn't at this stage of his career and how that impacts the Suns overall. I don't know about you, but I'm just glad that it looks as if we are going to get the NBA Finals, the competitive NBA Finals that we had all hoped for. All I know is this, if you believe in the adage that the team with the best player generally wins the championship, then the Bucks, as of right now, look to be in very good stead. Can Chris Paul or Devin Booker throw a wrench in that idea? That's coming up. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 